Hello and welcome to Reanimated. This is episode 278 of the podcast about all things zombie, undead, wormy, reanimating, rising. My name's Stuart. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me from New York City, New York City, <laughs> is H.A. Conrad. Hello. Hello, hello. You can hear the dulcet tones of, you know, sirens, so you know I'm in New York. That's how we, yeah, that's our reality check. Other that, otherwise, we're doing this on a very carefully coordinated soundstage, mm. piping that in. But no, I don't think we are. Um, I had to close my window because kids are out in the oh. streets playing. Oh, well, there they are. Yeah, now I hear it. There okay. you go. We are, uh, today we're talking about a movie called Feral, which was on Hulu I don't know that it ever had a theatrical release, um, but before we get to that, uh, we are gonna. We're tr- also trying to break a chain of the last three podcasts. I think we're about projects that we were not fond of, and so we'll find out how we do um, on this episode with Farrell. We do have a couple things from the news. It was CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, this week, and so one of the things that I, I you know. I keep an ear to the ground when it comes to, to tech gadgets and nerdy stuff. Hmm. And one of the um, one of the gadgets that was uh, being highlighted, at least by Wired Magazine, was this project called The Flow from GoSun. And uh, the, the Flow is a solar water purifier and pump. And this is the sort of thing that, well, both HA and I, I think, enjoy considering. We've, we've uh, in the past, talked about the life straw as something that should be in any preppers kit not that we fully endorse prepping mm-hmm. but some of this just feels like good good sense and so this is uh this this is way more expensive than a life straw but i don't know how many uses a life straw has honestly right At, after that first uh once you start using it i don't know if it's good for i mean i have one i haven't even i haven't tried it because i don't want to like you know taint it Right. Um, I think it's got a pretty long life for the most part, but at some point the filter is not going to work probably like anything. So I think some of the things in this that are kind of interesting is that there's a way to, you know, it seems to be longer lasting and um, there's other, there's other stuff in this kit. And then you, you know, there's uh, the solar piece, which is the, you know, if you need power and that kind of thing, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. So some of the other stuff that's bundled, the flow was the thing that got me to this, this, this website, go sun. And then it was the outdoor kitchen bundle that I thought was really cool. Like a solar oven, um, which as you might expect uses just the, not like solar panels, but just like metal uh, reflectors and cooks things using sunlight, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and then there were a bunch of other things bundled up with that. It was like twelve hundred bucks still. Not nothing to sneeze at. But uh, a lot of your outdoor cooking needs. Also, like a trestle table with a solar panel built into it, a cooler that runs off of that will keep your your uh, you know your cool food cool using also solar power. So obviously they have a, a shtick. It's solar, but that's cool. So so uh, that's the solar kitchen and ultimate prep kit from GoSun. Yeah, so there was this uh, Indiegogo project, um, and they're close to their goal, and it looks like they have like a little film synopsis for a project they're doing. And, you know, I do like to see that, that these kinds of projects move forward. Somebody has an idea, um, and they get the backing. This is not, you know, in terms of a budget, this is not a huge budget, so I'm just curious to see what they would do with this. So I'm a little bit, I raise a slight skeptical eyebrow um, because they're looking for not like, it's not like an insane amount of money. Um, And I'm not saying that you need a ton of money to make an independent film, but especially with effects and the the kind of zombie films that we like, um, it's helpful to have more of a budget um, for any horror film just from an effects and a you know, I guess it depends on the cast, um, but they were only looking to raise like 50,000. Yeah, well, that's what the battery raised. Right. Uh, true. And the battery was good. So I'm not, you know, again, um, but but this is this would have to be a very shoestring budget kind of movie, which I'm totally cool with. But um, mm-hmm. it looks like it might. Let's keep an eye on this and see if they go forward with it. But I, I would be curious to see it. It looks kind of a little bit more of a space zombie kind of thing, I guess. Um, but and then there's like a kid element to it, like a kid who knows what's going on. So maybe a little bit of a, of signs mixed with zombie. Um, 
but um but yeah i'm i'm totally down with with these independent projects so we'll have to see and then there was another film uh that you put up a trailer for and i actually just watched it um it looks very like uh it looks very strange. Um, Super goofy. Yeah, goofy. But, you know, they keep flashing little things up that say, like, Shaun of the Dead meets whatever. And it's like, okay. Um, it seems a bit slapstick and ridiculous. Um, but, hey, I would I would probably give it a try. Though I have a feeling that this seems, you know, there's a lot of shots of this where it's like, oh, you know, the bride is a zombie. And, like, interspersed with, like, kind of crazy um, music. Um so I'm all about the foreign zombie film, but I have a feeling this is probably a one note film, maybe in terms of the joke. Uh, so maybe not long, but long for the watching or it will feel like an eternity watching. But um, yeah, maybe give there it... were a whole lot of coronavirus jokes. Uh... There were there were. Um, so I don't know, but maybe we'll we'll give it a preview and then decide because uh right now even just watching the trailer the trailer was only like it was like two and a half minutes long which is kind of long for a trailer um but it felt like really long to watch it so so we'll have to like maybe reserve this one for the future yeah this Um, one is releasing in india in february so uh, who knows if when if when or if it'll even get over here and so zombie ready is the name of the movie hmm. and uh well it's it's going to be a thing so Maybe we'll check it out. I've also been seeing a lot more hype and a few articles here and there about Army of the Dead. The fact that it's coming to Netflix, I think, has um, meant that there's more more marketing for this than usual. And, you know, like Netflix released their slate of a film a week for 2021. And uh, they've already released Outside the Wire with Anthony Mackie, which I'm like halfway through as of yesterday. And that's pretty crazy. Like uh, Mm -hmm. Android soldiers, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty pumped about Netflix's whole release. And so the fact that Army of the Dead is being lumped in with that mm-hmm. and considered a um, maybe a flagship of that slate, I think is really exciting. Uh, as we talked about last time, there's also an animated series to precede it or maybe that I don't know if it'll come out before it or after. But obviously, this is a project they're putting a lot of resources into, and that just gives me some warm fuzzies. So still looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about that. So, so we'll keep an eye once we have a, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be reviewing that once it comes out. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, we watched this 2017 film called Feral. Um, there's apparently a 2019 film called the same thing, but a very different thing about some woman living underneath the subway in New York or something. Good Lord. Um, but this is the 2017 film. Um, and it is, um, about an hour and a half long and, you know, it's like in terms of like tropey trope kind of horror films, it's definitely a lot of tropes. Um, so we'll get into this, but it does feature, um, somebody who I think has been in, he's been in like, eh, like he's a character actor that's been in quite a few things, um, Lou, oh, sorry, I'm forgetting the last yeah, name. Yeah, it is Lou. Uh, what's his name? Lou Temple. Yep, and he's been I mean, in. We we know him most yeah. from The Walking, Walking Dead, Dead um, where he played Prisoner Number Three. Yep. Oh, God, what was his name? He had a name. Was it Jim? Was it Bill? Axel. Axel. <laughs> Neither Jim nor Bill. Uh, but he just started to become a real character, having a conversation with Carol when he was shot in the head in season yeah. three. Um, but he by, was also, I think, by the governor. He at least yeah. he got killed by like a big, a big deal kind of guy. Yeah, um, but he was also in this film uh, called Unstoppable, which was like by Tony Scott. It was with Denzel Washington and Chris Pine, so he's like a character in there. I mean, if you look at his list of credits, he's got quite a few. Um, but he's definitely, done a lot. Yeah, but definitely, and and I would say by far he is the best actor in this entire film. Um, but. Um, yeah, so, and then we've got um, another uh, sort of, uh, like, uh, I, w- I guess I would call her, like, a, you know, uh, she's been in some Rob Zombie stuff, I guess, Scout Taylor Compton, um, and that was the other sort of person. Other people I didn't really recognize as much, um, but... Um, in that was that's the hero, right? Yeah, Scout, uh, Scout well, Taylor. Such that um, she plays Alice. Alice. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's 
but there's it's a pretty small cast. There's only ten people in this, um, and it is you know main. It's based in the woods, um, so they're up and you know the whole plot point is the usual like group of friends goes hiking in the woods, horror ensues, um, and you know they have a cabin site. They have the outdoors stuff. Um, and within the yeah, there's cabin, not a lot of sets. Honestly. Yeah, within it's the true. cabin, there's maybe like two rooms in the basement, and that's it. So pretty, you know, in terms of locations to deal with, not that much. And then you can kind of, you know, you can kind of make the outdoors like you can switch around quite a bit, and they could be a few feet away from each other, and they seem kind of different. Um, I will say that I felt like the cinematography here is like very much like on point, like this kind of adventure horror genre. I thought some of the the shots were really good. I thought some of the nighttime shooting, those shots I thought were, were good. Um, in terms of creature effects, I definitely felt like the zombies or creatures or whatever you want to call them were pretty scary and they did it not using, you know, you didn't get to, there was a couple of places where you saw them full on, but they're moving kind of fast and there's a dark part. And usually that means that they're really bad effects, but I don't think that was the case. I thought that the creature actor um, was pretty good and the effects were pretty good. Yeah, dude, the first reveal scene of the creature is fantastic Yeah, because they actually show you the creature, but they do it in like, they must've just practiced that shot or Mm -hmm. framed it. He's in like a patch of dim light, uh, like 30, 40 feet away from where the camera is probably so that you're looking at it from the perspective of Matt, the guy who's about to die. And you see it. And the way that that actor is moving is fantastic. Um, And just the way that he is lit, I think, was really, really, really good. It never really gets that good again. But also once that initial like, what is that? Is that a oh, dude, sort of moment is over. Then, um, I mean, the the payoff there is is right there. So it was it was great. And then the, the guy who plays the creature, and I think he may play more than one, um, Mark uh, Musahi, Musashi, sorry. Um, and he is, he was in that film that we reviewed, uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Um, and then uh, he's also in uh, Night at the Museum, apparently, The Battle of the Smithsonian. Um, okay. So I, I don't know, like, he, you know, I don't know, I guess this is something he kind of does, um, but He's really he's a stunt guy, um, but I thought he oh and apparently he's in like a Resident Evil thing and you you can like look look back into his film credits and this is the kind of stuff he does and um, I would just say his movement is really cool he looks terrifying yeah um, and there's another reveal of him um, you know when he's kind of stalking um, one uh, the uh, what. I cannot her name is like Jules yeah when he's stalking Jules that I thought was pretty good too um but it's you know so I felt like that was like a really strong part of this film um was this the creature the the baddie um I would be curious to know how many of the because this is a very small cast mm -hmm. and I would be curious to know how many of the actors also end up playing their own zombies slash you know their infected self um most of them don't have as much of a sprint across the screen as he does, yeah. as he does, but they, they do have like, all right, get up on this dresser <laughs> sort yep. of, and crouch. Like, I wonder if that was the actor who played Jesse doing his own zombie stuff. It um, may have been. Cause it wasn't like that, you know, it wasn't too much to ask him to do that. Um, yeah. Versus, and, and then Gina versus, later yeah. versus this main guy who plays, uh, the ben. son, Ben, I guess. Um, and he's really, I mean, he's impressive. So um, clearly just just so good at doing this kind of thing, which I was I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, so can I give you my overall impression based on really, and we're talking about my favorite part of the film. It was the creature yeah, actor. me too. Uh, those movements, that those effects. This movie owes a lot, maybe too much to Guillermo del Toro and the strain. Yep, uh, those, <laughs> a bit. The, the zombies are basically the vampires yep. from the strain. Um, they make similar noises. They, the only thing mm-hmm. that they don't have is the throat tentacles, but probably because mm-hmm. that is CG heavy and they couldn't put that in the budget. But also, I don't think they were trying to completely duplicate the strains on uh, vampires, but they did. Like they, yeah. Even the even like the 
you know, the symptoms of, oh, your hair's falling out, your teeth are coming out. Yeah, yep. you're becoming a strain vampire, not or, necessarily a Or feral. the passage, which is also, you know, if the passage, yeah, if the passage vampires slash zombies, whatever you want to call them, had looked like this, it would have been such a better show um, and maybe would have gotten actually renewed. Um, I still have hope that somebody will redo this pro- that project, but I know that's a long shot. Um, yeah, it's... But, you know, I, I thought that this was, yeah, definitely, definitely owing a lot <laughs> to the strain here in terms but of the monsters. You, yeah, and I, I mean, I think homage is a, is a you know, a good thing. Um, they're clearly scarier for this uh, treatment. Um, if you haven't seen the strain, you're probably just like, whoa, what a crazy <laughs> look at uh, right. zombies. Um, and then they do overlay these creatures into a tropey sort of familiar plot, but it's also a little different. Like Matt and Bree, the first two people who get attacked by the creature, they've just finished having a proposition. Like I, they didn't do any of the like traditional crimes that come in hor- in American horror, right? They're not yeah. breaking those unwritten laws. Well, they are actually very written, aren't they? Yeah. But so Matt has, they're not like smoking weed. They're just, he's like, I want, I want to marry you. We're going to be doctors. Oh, this is great. So romantic. And then he's like, well, now I got to pee. I guess the only, they didn't show it on screen, but clearly they've had premarital sex. So maybe that's it. Um, But talk about that. Let's just, let's just say though, that I thought this weird, this proposal, even how he did it was very strange. Um, It's not the right moment. They're talking about, they're like, they're they're talking about (laughs) the other couple, the other people. And then suddenly it's like, okay, here's the ring. Um, let's also talk about how far away he goes to pee because like that is a sin right there that is a horror movie that is sin a horror movie sin also you know earlier, right outside your tent you just pee on the side do of your that. tent I mean maybe you don't want it to smell I get that but but you know earlier in the night they'd been hanging out the fire and they heard noises if you think that there's coyote or bear or whatever I also like that it was sort of a surprise to some of them that there were wild animals in the woods which appeared to be a surprise which was like <laughs> how is this a surprise he's uh, like oh yeah case. there's there's tons of animals out here yeah you're in the woods um but anyway like he went really far away like a really far distant from the tents to go take a pee far enough that um the screams don't even wake anybody else up uh breed is right. awake and doesn't hear them actually right. i don't think anybody's asleep. no nobody's really asleep but but nobody's hearing the screams so that seems kind of strange although once Bree gets attacked they certainly hear her yeah. So that is like, um, and I also, you know, he gets that, that, that's the thing. The, the lead up to him getting attacked, the, the tension was great. Um, I, you know, I feel like the character development in this film is just so lacking and it could have made it a better script and better character, de- character development could have made this such, honestly, just an amazing film. And unfortunately I don't, I think they really fell down here. Um, I, think I, that... I thought that the scenes around the campfire, they do introduce all these characters. They don't do a great job no. other than of, with Jesse of saying, oh, oh, and this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. But they, they do a decent job of at least saying, these are these people. This is their background. This is what they want to be. They're full of hope. Yeah, but it's a little, I mean, it's just a little lame and and it's it's a little lazy. Um, I was especially, I don't know, it's like, oh, here's the lesbian couple and oh, she had the one of the members of the couple hooked up with the dude and he's jealous, Jesse, so that's why he's all pissy. Um, you know, it just felt like there if they had just had a bit of a, a better script, it would have been just so much better in painting. You don't need that much to paint characters well. Um and I felt like it, this was very, I almost felt like this whole film was so very lazy because they were like, okay, now we want to get to the gore and to the effects and things like that. Well, they certainly, yeah, they, the, the horror kicks off within the first 10, 15 minutes. And I don't have a problem with that. I just think that it could have been, I think that was my impression watching this is that it, how much better it could have been. And again, I know it's really hard to make these kinds of films, but you have a formula, especially with horror genre. So it's like you have with this like, kind of horror, especially one, I mean, we even end up in the cabin in the woods. At one exactly. Point, like, exactly. Most of the film. Right. Um, and so, but in any case, I did really like the first scene, the first attack scene. I thought it was terrifying. I thought that they did a good job at the tension kind of leading up to that point. You know, you hear a little like 
thing behind behind uh, Matt, and he's definitely nervous. And again, the reveal of this this creature is it's good. I was like, ah, oh, good job on that. Like even the movements, everything to do with this was pretty, you know, pretty solid. If you're into that kind of horror genre, um, yeah. and I thought, you know, my other impression was that the effects people must have been having so much fun with this. You know what I mean? Just um, yeah, just like lighting and mm-hmm. f- framing those shots. I just felt like a lot of care went into it. And considering they're doing this out in the woods in the middle of the night, right. uh, I'm sure it was a lot of fun to shoot. Slash also maybe it was miserable. Who knows? But um, Right. So but... The, they, the, the way that they react, I would say the way that they react to Matt's death and it's Bree's lame. wounding <laughs> is, is a little bit odd. Like they all go back to sleep would you after be going pulling to Bree sleep? into a tent. I don't no, think nobody's I'd be going, going to sleep. sleep. Not to to mention, um, Alice is basically telling her girlfriend Jules to go back and sleep alone in the other tent. Um, And it's, um, you know, I don't think any, first of all, nobody's sleeping the rest of that night. I don't think. Maybe you might be able to drift off because you're so, like, exhausted, possibly. But I feel like you would group up in a group and... Maybe, like, I don't think you'd be going out to find help because it's dark and there's no way you're going to find your way. But I definitely don't think any of these people are going off to separate tents and sleeping. Um, so I thought that was very strange. And also they're, they're very, they're just kind of, oh, I guess Matt's dead reaction was very strange too. Um, so, and you've got a very wounded person. You know, you've got your friend that's wounded. You're worried that she's she going to make it through the night. Are you sleeping next to her? Probably not. Because you're all, and also these are all doctors or close to doctors, right? So, except what, for, with the exception of Jules. Jules. Yeah, they're all, right. they're all uh, med students, I guess. Right. So you would think that they would have some sort of, I don't know. They, it just felt like their reaction was odd um, and not really in line with what they've, told you about them so i thought that was or you know with any humans so far the urologist is dead and i think brie was going into family medicine i think and then alice is the wannabe epidemiologist i don't remember what jesse pediatrics pediatrics uh no 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 sorry Um, no no not jesse gina was pediatrics um jesse was she's like sports medicine or something no he i thought he was neurology no Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't and recall. And then um, Bree was. I think family, family medicine. Family. One of them. One of one of them was going to family medicine, and then Matt was the right, four hundred dollars, four hundred thousand dollars a year starting right, salary. Right, right. So urologist. But even Unless, so, they've all been through the rigors of medical school. They all apparently care about each other. So, so again, the reaction was a little odd. Um, and then you know, the next morning, some random dude from the woods pops up. And they're, you know, like, I don't know, their interactions with him are kind of weird. Like, you know, I think his reactions to them, given what we find out about him later, are definitely kind of weird. Um, you know, he knows a lot more of what, about what's going on, obviously, than they do. Um, I, you I kind know, of feel like what, what one of them would have wanted to do right at this point is run back to the correct. cars. And that, that um, was why I was... As soon as they wake up and as soon as Talbot's there, but then they wouldn't know how to get to the cabin, I guess, would be the downside. I guess, but like, I don't know. Like, it just feels like there should have been more urgency about getting help and he could have yeah. given them direction rather than hike all the way to his cabin and then go back. Um, so that felt like a very strange thing. Um, just a missed and, opportunity. And, you know, it's not like you had to change any of the other parts of that by doing that. And I don't feel like you learned. I mean, you could definitely have separated out the group enough that I don't think that that would have impacted it. And it would have probably made for a better, I don't know, just a little bit a tighter story. Because I did feel like the plot of this just kind of petered out Um pretty quickly i don't think it needed to be an hour and a half at all um but in any case they get to the cabin and there is this feeling where okay there's i don't want to say there's an adult in the room but the fact that that talbot is there he's he seems competent he knows the woods and things like that gives them some security they have a place to put their friend and at least stabilize her um but you know instead they all go there and then jules and um what's his name jesse jesse um decide you know they're the ones who go back and you know it's 20 miles and i don't know it just it 
it just feels slow to me, like how they kind of go here. And I also think that Talbot, while he, you know, obviously he's secretive, he doesn't seem like a bad person. I feel like he might have given them more indication of what he knows that's going on, or at least maybe if they're not going to believe him that he could at least give them broad strokes about the fact that there's some like virus going around, but yeah, he doesn't a missed do opportunity that. for him to be the cryptic stranger in the woods. He's like, it's more dangerous here than, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't take yeah. any of those opportunities. I feel like, like Talbot gets them back to the apartment or sorry, the cabin and, you know, could be a little bit less, you know, there, there could, they could have gone the cryptic way where he's leaving a little bit more creepy, but he's, the problem is, is that he seems like secure and safe. You know, he seems like he knows what's going on and got to handle what's going on. And so I, I don't necessarily believe that he wouldn't have let them in at least a little bit on what was happening and that there's danger out there. And that, you know, he did say to Jules and to Jesse, stay on the path, which it's like, well, whether you're on the path or not, you've got this crazy feral thing out there so it doesn't yeah. really matter um but you might have said hey make sure you get there before daylight ends right uh, well um, and stay on the path turns out to be important advice and only half of it because he could have also said comma because i put bear traps on the side of the path <laughs> right. to try and catch ben the vampire zombie boy right and also he's kind of you know in in he, he's not active during the day the sunlight kind of makes him hibernate that these yeah, are there's all... a lot left out but this is horror right this it is, is this it is, is but these are do. these are helpful tips though and there's way that ways that you could have i mean you could have been like stay in the light any of those kinds of things would have been totally fine and within and, and they go off the path by like eight feet oh yeah like where, they're... to get the bear trap yeah. happen i mean like... granted uh jesse is being a dick and it's truly instant oh. karma because he uses the yeah. word you know, he, he he's giving Jules a hard time about her relationship with Alice and that Alice is just going through a dyke phase and immediately his, his leg gets snapped into a bear trap. Um, and look, I like the idea of, I don't like, I mean, I you know, these are things that personally I'm like, ugh, the idea of somebody's leg being caught in a bear trap, the idea of a bear's leg being caught in a bear trap are pretty hard for me to stomach. Um, but the mechanism by which you're sort of like, trapping a character so that they can't move and that they're at the mercy of whatever the heck's out there. It's pretty terrifying. You know, it gives, I think everybody that like moment where they're just, it's upsetting to think about that you have no power over getting out there. Um, I don't know really how bear traps move. I do know that there's a mechanism to open them though. Um, so we kind of see that later when, um, Jules and, uh, oh God, Alice get out there, right? Yeah. So uh, that's actually a tough part of this movie is these two, fairly slight ladies i mean i guess alice is is bigger um but not like i don't know not like a uh, a weightlifter right but yeah they're not they're not huge and they're carrying jesse who again is also not like a huge guy but Mm -hmm. probably you know 150 pounds or at least um that's that's a (laughs) i think they were actually carrying him in these scenes too and then some of them they're like walking up a pretty steep yeah like it's not easy it's not even easy to sometimes hike with just a backpack and also who knows where they are but you know if it's higher altitude that makes it more difficult too so there yeah i think that i I think maybe i enjoyed this film more than you did by the sounds of it um ha but that scene i thought was was good like they have to take some breaks uh but back at the cabin before we we um because it takes Jules a long time to get back to the cabin. Yeah. She actually is like not in the movie for a good 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, but I do like her journey back. Like, you know, he gets his, yes, his thing in the in the bear trap. She's coming back. It ends up being nightfall. Um, and it's got to be stressful. You know that somebody's hurt out there. You know that there's something out there. So both for mm-hmm. yourself and knowing that somebody's like trapped in this bear trap and that they're injured. Um, and this trail to... is clearly not super well marked. No. Because like, she's off the trail right. effectively. She's like using her phone. Sell um her her phone flashlight to try and find her way when right. um, um, she runs into Ben. And that scene I thought was really great um and just so scary. And at least she she has the presence of mind to kind of hide under a log. Not that that would probably do all that much if if these creatures do have super sensory perceptions. But um I like I did like this and I and I loved the I mean again this guy who who's doing the the creature acting when he jumps up into the tree and he's like looking around i just thought and you know and you have the juxtaposition you show her under the log i thought that that was great you know 
film work. I thought that was great, you know, mm-hmm. or horror genre stuff. Um, oh, great, yeah. And so I really liked that. It does take her a long time to get back, enough time that back at the cabin, we have things unfolding there, which I, like... You, it sounds like maybe you liked it slightly more than me. I think my only thing is that I, it was sort of like hard to watch some of these great scenes like that one with Jules and Ben. Um, and then sort of the rest of it to me fell apart a little bit and it always falls apart with just what they're doing with the storyline. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got them in the cabin, you've got them talking to their, um, you know, their, their resident mountain man and, you know, there's weird things in that cabin that you can tell that there's like, there was some kind of family there. One thing that I was a little like, oh, that's kind of strange is that there's a weird little doll chair in there, like a weird little high chair with a doll in it. Um, which if Ben is as old as he is, I don't know, maybe it belongs to the wife. It just felt like a little bit of an odd cabin dressing, though I think it's meant to indicate that there's a family there. And we've got a photo. Uh- yeah, there was a granddaughter in the story in the reveal later. Right, but at this point, we don't know that. So it's sort of like, you know, yeah. I can see them feeling a little, like they see a photo of the wife. They see, you know, they they see things that basically they know that this guy has not been up there alone forever, um, which maybe puts them on their, their spider senses like up. But, um, but even how he's interacting with them, he's not being creepy, right? Like he is no, being, no, fairly, he's being fairly a little, normal. he's being a little cryptic, but he's not being like, you're not getting like vibes that he's evil or anything like that. Though apparently Alice I mean, to gets his them. detriment, he's because he's not warning them about the, right, right. the great risk and threat that, uh, to their lives. And the right. fact that Ben is not already kind of like staking out his cabin or trying to break into it because we see that they can easily break in and mm-hmm. out of his cabin later. Yeah. It's a little weird. Like yeah. Ben, you would think knows about this cabin and the fact that there's meat and that his dad's in there and he could eat him anytime. So it's probably, a little strange. Probably that, would have done it before, right? Yeah. That the cabin doesn't feel like, yeah, the cabin feels like a safe place, but it shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and and I then wish... that night there's the, 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 the first of two instances where somebody tells Alice, you go to sleep, I'll keep watch. And then, and then probably fall falls asleep, asleep yeah. and then bad things happen. Yeah. It seems, uh, which, yeah. which did have me being like oh alice yeah you're right not to trust anyone because everybody is terrible yeah they are um and you know one of the things i again it's like one of these things i'm thinking as watching the film is like i would have liked to have seen maybe there was like one secure place in the cabin that you know he knew he couldn't secure the whole thing but knew that he could secure this one room or something like that so that would have been like kind of a cool thing if there was like a safe space in there somehow um basement ends up i think i think the basement is a really underutilized safe space well that's my, you know, it felt like that would be the obvious thing that he had secured it or because he knew enough that that Ben would be back. And because he again, he knows so much. He knows more than and he reveals more and more. And it feel, feels like there should have been other things going on um, where he's kind of taking care of that particular issue but he doesn't and things of course and and i know again it's a horror film so you expect these these sort of like unforced errors but for somebody as knowledgeable as he is about everything it feels like he should have more plans in place um and you want him to because he seems so competent uh, so it just is it bothered me that he that he proved to be that there was all these sort of big holes in the big plot you know so but in any case you know we've got alice who said she doesn't trust him for some unknown reason. And, and again, when she wakes up, she sees him about to inject something into their firm Brie. Um, and of course that's going to be scary. And again, this is a point where he does try to tell them what's happening. Um, one of the more, uh, rid- he sort of, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's super insistent about giving her this injection, which he mm-hmm. doesn't want to tell her what it is. Right. He really does not read the room. She has his rifle because uh, I right. mean, as far as old cabin in the wood, bad guys go, he is super trusting and has left his rifle in the living room. Mm-hmm. So she has his gun and he's she's pointing it at him and she's like, what are you doing? Stay the hell away from her. And he's like, oh, I'm doing this whether you like it or not. Right. Like, that is not the response of a man who knows what's about to happen next. Uh, well, so she shoots him. Well, right. And again, the other thing when I'm talking about unforced errors, why would he have left his gun? You know, like, like there just seems these things that just seem kind of silly. Um, I just don't think he ever really... I think he dies a villain in this movie undeservedly. Like Agreed. he doesn't, he does do some villainy stuff later, but he, he shouldn't. They, I do think that it was a mistake in this movie to make him into 
the human antagonist. Like he yeah, is he I, should be all they all should be together on the same team. I, I felt like that. I felt like a more interesting thing would have been to have one of the other characters turn and be kind of crazy about things and he's banding with them and he has more knowledge. Like I agree. Like I just felt like he didn't feel like a villain and shouldn't have been a villain because basically, I mean, he did some things out of love because obviously he loved his son and, and wanted to see if he could cure him uh his methods of doing that questionable but it still felt like maybe it would have been better for him to have banded together with them instead of being this sort of like other force um like because it didn't feel as if he was evil um and you know there it felt like there was a lot of like misunderstandings um and but you know in this case alice you know doesn't want her friend injected, understandably so. She shoots him, and then I love how like they're they're both looking at him on the floor, her and her and Gina, and she's like, "When he wakes up, I'm gonna ask him." And it's like, "Well, maybe you should have asked, like let him finish his sentence before you shot him," um, you know. And then suddenly he comes to, and and they get a little bit more out of him, and you know th- she's supposedly an epidemiologist, and so again, as I was saying, like I felt like a lot of this movie could have been much smoother there could have been a lot more editing in the script to make this a more interesting film and it takes them a really long time to get to the point where they're going to take their friend who's mortally wounded down to the basement and sedate her and tie her up because she's got this virus and i'm not saying well, that it's, they, it's days from this point that's too. what i mean like, like yeah. it just seems but that's like also like why was he like i need to sedate this woman when she's clearly got a long way to go left in this virus right like yeah. she doesn't turn she turns after jesse right. she turns i think no she's turned before gina but she she's like one of the last people to turn right and and again that's another thing that i'm like really come on come up with your you've had your canon here she, her timeline seems extraordinarily long given her injuries. And there are um, long stretches of the movie where we like nobody's even gone to look at her look right. in the room where right. she is. Um, so uh, yeah. that was one of the things that I just felt could have been done a little bit better and then you would have been able to move along the story a lot more quickly and, and in a better way and focus on some of the other things. Um, but in any case, they get a little bit of a, a quick thing. But here's here's the thing. You know, then they hear um, both um, Alice and Gina hear this noise outside, and she's like, oh, watch him and whatever, and I'm going to go outside. Yeah, that was super dumb. And you know what? Your friends have been attacked. You already know that. Even if you mm-hmm. poke your head outside maybe to see what's out there and you see a freaking weird human out there, are you going to go out and get closer to it? No, you are not. Especially when it's making – it's just like strange. I, I just find – and again, these are horror tropes and we've seen them before. You just have to do it better than that. And this is weird and strange. And, and she also, also doesn't go out with any weapon. She's out there completely right, weaponless. Right. And not to mention the fact that we then later find out that this is a person – that did grow up sort of in the great outdoors. She did hunting, despite being somewhat of a failure at that, um, just because of how she was feeling about her first kill or whatever it was. Um, But, you know, this is somebody who has a respect for the outdoors. They set that up from the beginning that, you know, they tease that she's the country girl and that um, Jules is the city girl. But so, so for people who have grown up with the great outdoors, they have a respect for nature. Um, and there is sort of like, you do things and you don't do things. And one of the things you don't do is go out. If you think that there is a dangerous wild animal out there, she, they do have Alice do a couple of silly things that's up there. But then also when later, when the zombies are actively attacking the cabin and they put a hole in the door and she spends a good 45 seconds slowly approaching the hole, before the yeah, inevitable it's like the zombie you, attack. You know what's happening. Get back. Why would you Find even go in there? Find a window to look out if you need to. I mean, you don't go look, put your face in the hole that they just smashed through the door. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, she comes back from doing these things with like, now I'm going to shoot you. And she, and she gets uh, results. It's just that she gets there through kind of silly way. I, w- I was kind of thinking that Alice was going to die in this movie. I thought she was yeah. going to be one of those tropes of the strong character, the most the most uh, effective character is going to get killed, and then Jules has, like, city girl Jules 
loyal Jules is left holding the bag, but that's not the way they decided well, to go. Well, I did think that that was where it was going, mainly because Alice is the character that's messed with the most of the other characters. Like, she had a love affair with Jesse. You know, she's she's with Bree now. There's a lot of questions about her. She's not with Bree. Sorry, with not Bree, Jules. Jules. Um, she's with Jules now. There's, like, all this stuff, like, these dynamics. I really thought that they were going to punish her by killing her, and I agree. I thought Jules was going to take it all because of the, honestly, because of how hard they were leaning on the city girl stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I really thought that that's how it was going to go, but they didn't. I kind of felt like Alice deserved to die because she was being so stupid all the time. Um, but in any case, I mean, they have this stuff unfolding with these characters in the normal way. I, I do like the action sequences once they get there. Um, and, you know, even even some of the stuff, some of the close uh, effects in the house and some of the struggles in the house, I thought were done really well in the cabin. A couple of reactions I'd like to point out that I thought did not go super well. There is Alice looking out the hole in the door. <laughs> you also have um, Jesse when... Yeah. When he's the, his night overnight against the tree with the bear trap on his leg, yeah. he hears the growling and the the weird popping vocals of mm-hmm. the zombie in the darkness. And his response to that is, "Hello." I know, right? He's not going <laughs> to be I mean, saying maybe he anything. He thought it was a wild animal and he wanted to scare it away, but also that's not how you would necessarily would do that. No. But he goes, "Hello," and then he goes, "Matt," because I guess it's the zombie of Matt that kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then you also have. Jesse has fallen. Well, no, sorry. After they get his body back to the cabin, Gina's sleeping next to him to like keep an eye on him. Bree has no such uh, attendant, mm-hmm. and Jesse is much further along because I think he'd actually been killed in the woods, and it was just like gestating as a zombie when they yeah. brought him back during the day. Um, when she, when she wakes up next to the pile of hair and teeth that was her boyfriend, yeah, um, and then he's on top of the dresser. Her, she is not as disturbed as she should be yep yeah her reaction is again kind of bland given what is happening granted granted she's coming out of a a sleep again decision to sleep in the room with him kind of weird um Mm -hmm. but but okay i'll I'll take it and again her reaction is like not like i'm gonna get the heck out of here because when you see somebody crashing on a dresser i don't know that your reaction is to find out who they are I don't nope. know. Like like and again, you know, kind of the way Matt Matt didn't look anything like like Matt. So right. for him even to say Other Matt than the clothes. Right. Like, that's the only way. I so. guess, but in the dark. I don't know. Yeah. Um and then and then for for Gina to be like Matt? Uh no, sorry, Jesse. It was sort of like, okay, you know, you're not going to immediately think that this is him. You and again, you wouldn't be sleeping in this room with him. But And then my final big beef is once Talbot starts, as Talbot basically tries to do exposition every time he's not yeah, unconscious. Yeah, I know. Uh, and sometimes they let him talk and sometimes they shoot him or stab him or tie him up. Um, but one of his moments of exposition, he talks about what's happening here, like that his family were all killed. Um, well, Ben was attacked and turned into a zombie and killed everybody else in the family and that they reanimated. And here's the thing. This movie breaks a pretty big rule in zombie genre, which is that they know what zombies are. Mm-hmm. Je- uh, Alice hears him say that and goes, what? Like, zombies? zombies? You expect me to believe that? Yeah. And so then I'm like, well, if you know what zombies are, you need to be much better at all of this. Yeah. Like, you don't wait for people to turn. You're, you know, you're doing the headshots. You're doing the coup de gras. They leave Brie alive through the end of the film to mm-hmm. set up the sequel or whatever, just to have that last claw and raise to the sky. Yeah. But this, that's a, that's a big, uh, like, you know, issue. Yep. And I, I am not trying to be overly critical. I actually enjoyed this film. It's one of the best thing I've seen in four weeks on reanimated anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is a big yeah. question mark for me. And I don't know. I don't know that I've seen very many things that weren't very tongue-in-cheek right. uh, admitting that they know what zombies are and how to right. – and then like usually you have the guy tying his tie around his head and jacking around into a shotgun and being yep. like, all right, it's zombie apocalypse time and now now this is this kind of movie. Yeah, and it seemed like he had – yes, it wasn't just the tongue-in-cheek piece in the mention. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I thought that that was sort of a thing that they could have – figured out better um i did like the last scene between alice and and 
um, Jules, even though it was heartbreaking. Although I will say, man, you know what? Again, Alice should have been the one to bite it. She's just like horrible. Um, you know, leaving, leaving, <laughs> leaving her, her yeah. girlfriend to have to take care of business, which is going to be, you know, like, I just thought this was all kind of like, I did not like her as a character. I did not want her to survive. Um, there were a lot of errors at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, not only on her part, but so Talbot wakes, Talbot like breaks out and overpowers, I guess, both of them. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. He, he, had, he, he overpowers had, uh, sedated, Jules. Yeah. He had sedated Jules and then knocked out. Alice, I think, yep. and then just like goes upstairs, um, leaving the no, he takes the gun with him, but the mm-hmm. gun's upstairs before he gets taken out by Ben. Mm-hmm. He does not take the time to kill Bree or Gina, who are about to turn, and he knows they are. And it's sort of like, okay, um, I do, you know, the whole confrontation with his son when his son comes up behind him in the mirror, I thought that was a great shot. No, that was um, really well done. Um, and I thought that that was a good, you know, and, and he, he can't, like, even if they had, he can't bring himself to kill his son. And even though he's had to take care of business with the rest of the family. I mean, all the bear traps, you think, weren't like an effort to, to at least, I think he understands that they're a threat to society. He does. This is part of his, this is part of what he describes to right. Alice. But he's he like, knows, but he can't, even though he knows that he can't bring himself to. So I felt mm-hmm. like a little bit more of a speech about that or something um, yeah. would have been helpful. But in any case, I do like the last confrontation between him and Ben. I thought that was like really well done. And again, the effects were done. Yeah. Just the splash of blood on the mirror is always a nice, always a nice effect. Jules is told by Alice once Ben breaks through the trap door, which is quite an effort. Yes. Just run and don't look back. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to hold it, hold it down here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a noble plan. Right. Jules should have, I think, run up to the top of the stairs and grab the gun. Right. And then helped Alice right. finish this. Although instead, I mean, who, who knew that Talbot would have turned this fast and, mm. uh, and come after them. But yeah, but, but it- either way it's, I think it ends in the way that is acceptable, although I agree with you that I think Alice should have died and Jules should have been the survivor. Correct. Um, I did like the one line, though, that uh, about the Girl Scouts that where Jules says, I'm from Brooklyn, there's no Girl Scouts, which is not true. It was just kind of funny. And again, that's where I thought, like, I, the, with the two of them, it se- I felt like Jules should have been the one to walk out triumphant, um, but... You know, there's no triumphant walking out of this one. It's just like, uh, how are you going to explain yourself to the authorities when you go back to your car and then find a gas station or whatever? And everybody's covered in blood. And you're going to lead them back to the cabin and be like, so it's um, a feral virus and there's zombies here. Also, yeah, well, Brie is still alive. Right. Uh, and who knows if they're strong enough to break out of handcuffs, uh, chained to a metal bed. I think the idea is that they are. I guess that they are, but I mean, because Ben did escape, so you have to assume that maybe they are. But, um, and again, I, I think you're right that they were trying to set it up for a sequel, but um, uh, I enjoyed this as well. And again, my criticisms are not, they're more like how much better this film could have been. I mean, this could have been an amazing film if they had just done a little bit more with the script and the editing. And like this, I felt like the actors were all, you know, they're fine for a horror film. Um, I especially liked Talbot. Um, as a character, but again, just a couple little twists in the plot would have made this such a strong zombie film Um, because they have all the elements. Um, And again, I enjoyed it. I think that people who are fans of the genre will enjoy this. Um, Just get a little frustrated with the points that we've talked about. But again, the effects, um, some of the camera work, really, really a good job. Um, And I did try to look and see what the... um, what the budget for this film was, and I did not see it. Uh, did you happen to see it? I haven't. I haven't tried looking for it, but it doesn't. I mean, the fact that we've talked those things that we've talked about, like very few locations, very small cast. The fact that they're shooting so much of it at night means I, I assume that they need like more special equipment. Mm-hmm. I assume I'm not a cinematographer, but that does feel like it would chump, it would pump up the price. And the creature effects are good. Like yeah. Not, they're not using darkness to to hide the fact that they they have shitty uh, creature effects. These because when we see Gina inside and Gina's wounds, poor yeah. Gina, when she gets whacked across the face, I know, like she's already dying. You guys, you didn't have to do that to her. The poor woman. I know. Um, um, but yeah, they're 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 clearly they're not skimping on where where it's important, which is 
for a movie like this, creature effects are important. Right. Uh, and the director of this film is Mark Yen. The cinematography was Christos uh, Bitsakos. And the screenplay was by Mark Yun and Adam Frazier. Um, but again, cinematography-wise, I thought this guy was, like, really, really good. Um, you know, uh, he was he was just, like, uh, I thought, given given what they, they were doing, um, and it looks like, I mean, he's got some pretty decent screen credits, like Magnolia and, you know, I don't know what role, I think he did, like, producing and stuff like that versus cinematography, but I thought he was really, his cinemato- his shots were, were excellent, um, and I would, you know, I would, I guess, watch a sequel of this, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I don't think you would. <laughs> no, I would, like, I did enjoy it. I don't want to be like I didn't. I just wanted it to be better. And it it had that potential, basically. So mm. that was kind of kind of it. But curious to hear what other people think. Um, so if you have thoughts, <laughs> please uh, send us an email, reanimatedpodcast.gmail.com, or tweet at us, reanimatedpcast. Um, or you can leave a note on the site, reanimatedpodcast.com. Um, we may have to take a break next week because of my work schedule, but um, hopefully we'll be back the following week. And you wanted to review something, Stuart, I think you had in the notes. Uh, yeah, the that film, we've spoken about it, the, the, the kid stuck in an elevator in a zombie apocalypse. It's on Amazon Prime. I think it's called Deadlocked. Okay, sure. Why not? Why, so next time we will take a look at Deadlocked and see how see if we like it as much as we liked this one. Um, but I agree with you. I think this is one of the better films we've seen in a while. Um, and that is embarrassing to admit because it also has a 35 on Rotten Tomatoes. I know, but, you know, I I feel like some of the people, I read the reviews, I get where they were coming from, and some of their critiques were mine, too, um, were similar to what I said. But I don't think that you can just totally pan this film um, given what we've been talking about and if you are a true fan of horror so you know i i feel like it deserves a little bit higher especially when you you look at what the reviews were for some of the other films that we've watched recently and they had much higher ratings on rotten tomatoes <laughs> so maybe yeah. you just can't you have to take that with a slight grain of salt i would say um but in any case uh thank you very much for listening and until next time ciao all right thanks and bye bye